I want to thank y'all for giving me another opportunity to share today. Um, back last year when I uh, gave my testimony, the week before I uh, gave my testimony, I found out I had hepatitis A, and um, which was a huge distraction <laughs> for me. But, you know, that's just what the devil does. You know, he puts things in our path to try to get us away from what we're supposed to do. And um, so this week... My distraction is I'm covered in poison ivy. <laughs> Worst case of poison ivy I've ever had. And um, I just, I washed off all the calamine lotion because I didn't want you guys to think I had leprosy when I came in today. Because <laughs> I figured y'all say, go wash in the wash it all seven times. So, so anyway, uh, Sister Glenda prayed for me back here and I'm not itching at all. I mean, I don't have one scratch right now. So, so let's just pray that keeps it up. Um, the verse that I'm going to use today that, that is um, real special to me, uh, adoption is a reoccurring theme in my life. And so it's a very, it's a very touching subject that, you know, that's real special to me. And the Lord gave me this message. And, um, and like Jason, he read our verse, uh, Romans 8, 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to share the message that you gave me. Father, let, let me deliver it uh, through the Holy Spirit and let it uh, minister to those. And, and Father, I pray that it falls on good soil and that it would open up our hearts and minds uh, to learn more about you. Just let every word that I speak glorify you. In Christ's name I pray. <clears throat> Just to refresh your memory of my testimony, my uh, biological father was killed in a car accident before I was born. My mom married my stepdad when I was about two and a half. God chose my dad, my earthly dad, uh, to raise me because he knew I would need a great earthly example of what it means to be a father. I would not be where I'm at today if it wasn't for my dad. My dad goes by the name Red. Red worked in the oil fields. He taught me how to drive, taught me how to shoot a gun, and taught me how to safely set things on fire. <laughs> Red has never once yelled at me, even after totaling two cars, made me feel stupid, or even made me feel like I wasn't his own biological daughter. Red knows electricity like he was the one who created it. Red took calculus. Red is smart, and he's my dad. I thank God every day for this man. I'm so honored to get to honor him every day that he has left on this earth. Can you tell I like my daddy? I like my daddy. <laughs> uh, if you remember my testimony, you will also remember that I briefly spoke of my stepchildren from my second marriage. When I met them, Amber was 11, Ashley was 9, and Jack was 7. Their mother had abandoned them and left their father when they were 5, four and 18 months old. I knew they were special and I knew that they would be in my life forever. We had our ups and downs over the years, but we've managed to stay together and call each other family. Even when their dad and I divorced, I was still mom and was still a part of their lives. I got to watch Amber as she attended her senior prom and graduate high school. I got to see her join the Oklahoma National Guard, ship off to Iraq, 
and be there when she got home after her tour. When Amber gave me my first grandchild, I was there through the entire birth and got to tell my daughter to remember to breathe, at which she loudly replied, I'm breathing, mother. <laughs> she now has another daughter who I'll get to meet next month. The Lord has mended that wounded relationship between me and my daughter Amber, and I can't wait to hold her in my arms and thank her for extending me the gift of healing forgiveness. She's very special to me. And we did have a time where it was hard for us because of some things that, that I did. And she forgave me. And I'm just so thankful for that. My daughter Ashley came to live with me in 2003. I got to experience first boyfriends, first dates, first proms, prom dress shopping, prom hair, prom nails, <laughs> prom shoes, and the lovely privilege of being a junior class sponsor, which afforded me the opportunity to stay up all night long watching the prom dress, the prom hair, the prom nails, and the prom shoes turn into a pumpkin at 4 a.m. <laughs> I got to experience another high school graduation, a college graduation, and marriage. I was able to legally adopt my daughter Ashley on September the 7th, 2011. When she married two months later, I got to walk her down the aisle. I still have yet to teach her to cook. My son-in-law is a wonderful cook, and he makes sure she doesn't starve. Jack. What can I say about Jack? Jack was and still is my baby. He was all legs and arms and the skinniest little thing I had ever seen. He's 6'4 now and still just as skinny. It has taken us a while to develop the relationship we have now, considering he had never bonded with a female figure as a mother. Again, the Lord healed our relationship and has allowed us to experience a bond that only a mother and son can know. He always had nightmares due to a trauma he had suffered during one of his father's previous marriages. His stepmother had tried to drown him. He would wake up in the middle of the night and I would make him pancakes. To this day, pancakes are one of our favorite memories together, and that child can eat his weight in pancakes, let me tell you. <laughs> My hope is to legally adopt Amber and Jack this year. I know I'm their mommy, but I want to be their mommy on paper. So y'all pray for that. Y'all pray for that, that that works out. The purpose of my message today is to break down the similarities between the heavenly adoption process and the earthly adoption process. So let's look at some terms that I've defined associated with the process of adoption. The first term is free to adopt, a term used to describe the state of a child who is ready to be adopted. It means that one or both parental rights have been severed and the child can now be legally adopted. The spiritual state of a person who is free to adopt would be what I call a time frame of conviction. And Deli talked a little bit about this this morning in our Sabbath hour about conviction and that time frame that happens. Conviction is an unknown amount of time where we become troubled in our spirit that something's not right. Sometimes you might be in this state for a while and if you ignore it, it goes away only to come back later with a stronger feeling of uneasiness, uneasiness and trouble. And if ignored again, 
will just keep coming back until the decision is made. If you are a child of the Father right now, you know that time I'm talking about. For some of us, it might have been five minutes, maybe a day or a week for others. And when you start talking about people like me, who are repeat offenders, <laughs> of ignoring that knocking on the heart's door, it has, it has been my entire life up to about the age of 48. God allows this period of time for us so we can give our own free will consent to be adopted. No adoption takes place without the decision of our own free will. You see, we were born to be adopted. Just because we were created with free will does not mean we are free agents. We were created to serve. We were created to worship. We were created to exercise our free will. We were created to be adopted. We have the right to choose our father. You're either going to have a heavenly father or you'll choose to stay with your evil father, the devil. John 8:44 tells us, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. During this time of conviction, we are realizing that we no longer want to live like we're living. We no longer want to be where we're at. We don't want to talk, act, or think the way we've been talking, acting, or thinking. Romans 8.15 tells us that we're not receiving the spirit of bondage again to fear, for we are receiving the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Our Heavenly Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit, draws us unto him for this opportunity. Through that spirit of adoption, to confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and to request adoption through Christ. The next term I want to talk about or terms is runaways and orphans. Runaways and orphans are a special group of free to adopts. Runaways consist of those of us who have entered that period of conviction but somehow along the way they just got lost. They are lost in the system. They knew that life at home wasn't right until they chose to leave. But instead of seeking shelter and security through our Heavenly Father, they gave in to their own stubbornness and chose to go it alone. In my case, for a time, I was a runaway. Runaways tend to stick together and are very suspicious of those that in any way might make them into something they're not. Runaways like to meet together and pretend that they are their own new little family. Runaways know that what they came out of wasn't right, but they have a warped sense of what's right and wrong. The carnal connections that the runaway deals with are so strong that they end up recreating a reality that mimics something wonderful and safe and secure. But in reality, it's the same situation they came out of. What I'm talking about is the world of the occult. A multitude of people who have been hurt, deceived, lied to, and yet they are still seeking something wind up at one of these runaway refugee camps that I call Wicca, Asa True, Thelema, Scientology, Satanism, Druism, Druidism, Neopaganism, and the list goes on and on. There is no different, this is no different than what is called a kinship adoption. You might not go back to where you were living, but you're going to live with some of your kinfolk. Satan has plenty of kinfolk. 
They, there are plenty of kinship adoption camps to suit your interest, and at first sight seem so full of love and light and blessed bees, and they are non-judgmental, and they just love you and don't care about your past, and it's all just love, 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 and acceptance and tolerance. Runaways still have the hope inside them that they will find their forever home. But at some point, the yearning inside you tells you that there's more to life than living in a runaway camp. Things aren't as secure and safe as it may seem. You have options at this point, and going back to where you came from is one of them. But if you're like most people, your pride gets the best of you, and you would rather suffer than go back with your tail between your legs. Once pride and stubbornness get involved, the next rung on the ladder down is to become an orphan. So because I was following my fleshly carnal intuition, instead of yielding to the drawing of the Holy Spirit, I became a spiritual orphan. Spiritual orphan is just another term for atheist to me. Atheists don't think they have a spiritual father, much less any kind of father, good or bad. They are perfectly fine with the idea that they are free agents with free will. And because of the callousness that has come upon them, they fully believe that there is nothing beyond this life, and they are perfectly fine with that, and don't you try to tell them any different. Spiritual orphans will even go as far as to try to tell a happily adopted child that they should be an orphan as well. That to be an orphan is the smartest way to live and think, and that if you're not an orphan, then you're just a stupid sheep and can't think for yourself. Being an orphan is awesome and the only way to be. That's what differentiates orphans from adoptees. Orphans think they are the only ones who use their brains to think and that adoptees are just going along because they aren't able to think on their own to exist completely alone in the universe. Orphanages are really sad places. Even if you are in one that is highly maintained and the staff and the administration are caring and loving, there is still a sense that all those children are alone and don't belong. That's how it felt for me when I professed to be an atheist. I was alone, and the only place I felt I belonged was with other like-minded orphans. But the Holy Word tells us in John 14, 18, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And that's what he did for me. He came to me. Thank you, Jesus. The next term I want to talk about is open adoption. The definition of an open adoption is an arrangement in which Contact is maintained or allowed between a child's, adopt, a child's adoptive and biological parents. I think we can see right off the bat that there can be and most likely will be problems with an open adoption. Maybe not so much in the earthly form of this type of arrangement, but definitely in the spiritual form of this arrangement. In fact, the word arrangement implies that this relationship could even be temporary or could possibly be jeopardized in some way. There are usually downsides to an open adoption. Many adoptive parents find the degree, uh, the degree of openness to be a threat, fearing that the birth parents will intrude upon their lives after the adoption is over or even seek to have the child return to them. Adoptive parents may worry that the child will be confused over who his or her real parents are. Yet there are so many people who have come to that point in their conviction process uh, that they've been free to adopt, yet they choose an open adoption as, as opposed to a closed or sealed adoption, which we'll talk more about in a moment. Open adoption allows for contact between the two parties involved who want the child. 
This kind of spiritual adop adoption is not even really an adoption at all. It is a, a comfortable arrangement that gives the adoptee a false sense of security by allowing them continued contact with their old self. On one hand, the adoptive parent is ready to meet the child's needs, tend to the wants and desires of the little one, raising them in their ways, and have complete and total responsibility for the child. Yet that child is still aware of who their biological parent is and still has contact with those persons, receiving messages, pictures, items, money, and gifts from their carnal parent. This ultimately leads to a very confused little child. In 1 Corinthians 14.33, it tells us, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. I'm sure open adoption can work in an earthly sense, but when it comes to our Heavenly Father, this is not an option, and He is not interested in any kind of arrangement. The next term I want to talk about is a closed or sealed adoption. Closed adoption, also called a sealed adoption, is a process by which an infant is adopted by another family and the record of the biological parent is kept sealed. Often the biological father is not recorded, even on the original birth certificate. An adoption of an older child who already knows his or her biological parents does not qualify for a sealed adoption which is why our holy word tells us in Matthew 18:3, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. You must become a babe to apply for a sealed adoption. It was so, it was so nice to see Mason when he comes up for our children's Thing. He is so excited. I mean, he, he hears the music. He knows what time, I mean, he knows what's going to happen. And he is such an inspiration to me. You don't think you can be a witness. You can. That, that little boy there, he doesn't, he doesn't, he, how old is he? He's two and a half. That is just amazing to me. He is a witness to me. And, and I just think that's wonderful. And that's how we have to come to the Lord as, as a little child. For our own protection, there can be no involvement with the previous parent. Again, we are spiritually speaking about Satan as being our carnal father. There can be no recollection of the former parent or life. The sealed record effectively prevents the adoptee and the biological parent from finding or even knowing anything about each other. That's the kind of adoption our Holy Father conducts. This form of adoption is what we all yearn for. Romans 8.23 says, Not only that, but we also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. To execute this kind of adoption, you must go through an adoption attorney. Let me introduce you to the only adoption attorney you need. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Guess what? This adoption has already been paid for. No cost to you, and there's nothing you have to do but just ask for it. No waiting on a list for years and no hidden clauses. But we have to go through the attorney to, to obtain a sealed adoption. It's the only way. You were anticipated, and that way was made for you before the foundation of the earth. Hosea 2.23 says, Then I will sow her for myself in the earth, 
and I will have mercy on her and who had not who had not obtained mercy then I will say to those who were not my people you are my people and they shall say you are my god Ephesians 1:5 says he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will Ellen G White writes in the devotional book that I may know him Jesus the world's redeemer knows all his children by name and on those who believe shall come the glory of God. Those who behold Jesus become changed to his image, become assimilated to his nature, and the glory of God that shines in the face of Jesus is reflected in the lives of his followers. More and more the Christian is changed from glory to glory. The more he looks on Christ, the more he loves and longs to look again. And the more light and love and glory he sees in Christ, the more his light increases. As with any decree of adoption, you must go to court for the finalization of the order. This means going before the judge in the whole courtroom and saying, Yes, I receive the adoption provided for me through Jesus Christ, my high priest and advocate, and I declare that I am now a child of God. The court date for this decision is set, and for this hearing, you better bring a change of clothes. This is what baptism means to me. It was my court date where my adoption was final, and now I have eternal salvation through my Savior, Jesus Christ, and I'm looking forward to my inheritance from my Heavenly Father. Obviously, obviously, there are some who, because of physical limitations, can't be baptized. Our Heavenly Father knows those situations and exceptions are at His discretion. This is our inheritance, Matthew 25:34. Then the King will say to those on His right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Exodus fifteen seventeen says, You will bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance, the place, Lord, you made for your dwelling, the sanctuary, Lord, your hands established. The benefits of a heavenly adoption far, outseed, far exceed anything that the world can offer. Adoption, as we know it today, creates a parent-child relationship legally indistinguishable from a naturally occurring one. This relationship comes with all the benefits that a parent can offer a child. Our Heavenly Father delights in us. In Ephesians 1.18, saying, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. Our Father tells us, tells us in Philippians 4.19, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. In Psalms 37.4, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Our Heavenly Father protects us, and we know no fear in Ezekiel 34.28, And they shall no more be prey to the heathen, neither shall the beast of the land devour them but they will dwell safely, and none shall make them afraid. Our Father gives us refuge in Psalms 91.1. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Joy is ours in Isaiah 35.10. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Our Heavenly Father gave us the Sabbath in Genesis 2-2. 
By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Our Father gives us purpose in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Our Heavenly Father gives us life in Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I know I did this really fast, but this is the message the Lord gave me. And I just wanted it to, uh, I hope it touched y'all. In closing, I want to just ask you, have you been adopted? And if so, was it a sealed adoption? Are you still in contact with your former sins? Are you benefiting from your inheritance that has been set aside just for you? Check your heart now and review that decree. Is his law written on the tablet of your heart? Have you been baptized? Are you sure that your salvation has been sealed for all eternity? Be sure, for 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for the word that you gave me and the message that you gave me today. I am just truly humbled. I thank you for everyone who was here today, and I pray, Lord, that your words will touch those that, that hear it. Father, help us to go about our week and be a light into our community and just help us show the love of Christ. In Christ's name I pray, amen.